Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D. LD.com right now and use a promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Feral Audio. Feral Audio, live. The first comedy special from Feral Audio. Two hours of stand-up and improv, hosted by Dan Harmon and Aaron McGathy. Well, we are hosting it. Uh, I didn't know they made albums anymore. They sure do. They make them every day. Featuring an opening meditation by Duncan Trussell. How wonderful it is to be here tonight at the Feral Audio special album taping. Steve Agee. That's f***ing embarrassing. <laughs> Little Esther Pavitsky. This is a dorky-ass crowd. I like it. DJ Dugbound. Turn down for Doug. John Roy. I'd be like, I got a notebook full of jokes. And as soon as I learn to tell them without my hands shaking, I'll make as much money as a school teacher. <laughs> Melissa Stevens. This is going to get real graphic, and it's recorded, so... And Brody Stevens. you got to be ready at a Brody show. You've got to be ready! On sale now at feralaudio.com slash shop. Get a $5 audio download and an independently produced video special for just $10. Visit feralaudio.com to learn more. Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like my theme music, that's a band called Les Blanks. Go to lesblanks.com. Check out more of their stuff. If you were a first-time listener, I thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me. And if you're a person who listens all the time, I'm also thankful. Uh, and go to my archives there. Or go to my website, themattdwyer.com, or to Feral Audio, and check out my other episodes. I've spoken with a lot of great people, uh, musicians, artists, activists, writers. Uh, I've even a a number one rodeo clown guy. So I've had a diverse uh, hundred and something shows. I don't know how many I'm at now. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to keep this intro short because I feel like my, I'm I'm losing my voice. But uh, today I, I speak with the great Ryan Katner or 
aka Honus Honus from uh, one of my favorite bands, Man Man. I've been trying to get him on since day one, and you know, it's a busy band, they tour a lot. Uh, but now he's taking a little break, and I get uh, the fortune, uh, the good fortune of having him talk to me for an hour about music and life and uh, some good good times in this conversation. I don't know what, I feel like if I keep talking, I'm going to lose my voice. I just want to say, before I cut out of here, um, is uh, please go to the themattdwyer.com uh, and please go to the my conversations with uh, Matt Dwyer page at Feral Audio and use the Amazon link there to purchase your splendorous things because we get a kickback of that money. And it's the holiday season, so uh, do your holiday shopping and then that gives me a gift as well. And it keeps my show going, and I need to buy a new recorder soon, so that would help as well. And uh, go to MattDwyer.com. Check out all things Matt Dwyer. And before I forget, there is a song at the end of this conversation, a man-man song, so enjoy that. It's And uh, then go buy some man-man music and, and support the splendid music that is man-man. I'm losing my voice. I'm going to cut out of here. Thank you. No, I mean, your name. no, it's whatever feels most comfortable coming out of your mouth. Oh, God, that's usually just profane. <laughs> that's the only thing that ever feels comfortable. So uh, the one thing I'm curious about is uh, is well somebody told me this but is Philly like a hard music scene like a hard there's not like a lot of clubs or because you guys started in Philly we just jumped right into that <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck around no I mean Philly Philly's always been a cool music scene just because you're you're in the shadow of New York but you you know it's like the Philly attitude you don't really give a fuck uh, so you just kind of do whatever you want I don't know if people really will get into it I know bands skip Philly. Like they don't play Philly? I know some bands that just don't play Philly. Because Philly can be kind of tough. I had a great time when I played Philly. Well, yeah. I played the Trocadero, not to uh, brag. The Troc's cool. Yeah, it was great. Old I felt Burlesque fun. Club? Is it? It was, yeah. I tried to get uh, uh, Rodney Anonymous from the Dead Milkman to come. Oh, shit. That would have been cool. He didn't. But then we he did my show, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Philly, I mean, I, I haven't really spent too much time in Philly in a while, but... It was a great place to start a band because cost of living was super low. So you didn't have to hustle all the time just to make your rent. You could be in a band, work your whatever shitty job. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I was under the impression there wasn't a lot of venues and it was like it was like a very difficult scene to break into. But maybe I was misled. Well, I think maybe I was just lucky. I just had some friends that one of my friends was a promoter and he booked all that. He was only all ages bookers in Philly. And then, you ever have you been to Philly since? No, I've boycotted it since Bill Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes no sense, but it's but. no, that's good. I mean, at least you're guaranteed to get laid there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but I mean, I was, it was only a year ago I was there. Yeah, I was looking up that a, a friend of mine, his name is Sean. Uh, he has this company R Five, and they booked all the all ages shows. He was doing it since he was a teenager. And it's pretty awesome because now he's he like co-runs, co-owns, or some has a piece in this tr- venue called Union Transfer, which is just a beautiful venue. He's, it's it's a real rocky story for him. 
<laughs> Did you? Are you not from Philly originally, or is that where you? No, I I went to uh, I went to art school there, and I w- wasn't even planning to stick around. I was just like, I'll do two years here and then transfer to a bigger city, like New York. And then, but did you ended up staying there for a while or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I finished art school, and then I made the mistake of starting a band, and then. <laughs> and now you're in a very popular band. Well, you, you know, we're a cult band. I've started to kind of accept that. What does what does that mean to? You? What what that means to me is when people ask me what I do, especially out here, and I tell them I can expect pretty much ten times out of ten, they're like, oh yeah, they 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 never heard the band or. Oh, that's interesting. It's it's really it's you know, I'm used to it. It's fine. Because to me, it's I mean, like I've heard about you guys since day one. People are like, you have to see this fucking band. Like it was. Well, you have good friends then. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's strange. We've been around. I mean, I started the band in 2001, and we were such a shit show that it wasn't. We didn't have a record out till '04. But so we've been on the radar since '04. But it's strange, you know, to be in a cult band, is odd. Well, it's because then when I was looking up some stuff about you guys, it, there's always labels thrown at you too, which I think, which annoy me, and I can't imagine. It's like experimental and anything that steps slightly outside of pop or whatever you want. want it, people have it, f- like confuses people for some reason, and it's like it should be embraced, in my opinion. It, oh yeah, it definitely scares them away. I mean, there's some labels that I just want to pull my eyes out, <laughs> <laughs> but. uh like Viking, I'm like what? What the fuck does that even mean? I don't even know. They call you a Viking band? Yeah, Viking uh, or um, like pirates. Like, okay, sure. Maybe, just, maybe we have a couple songs that are in Walt's time, but not every song is, and I don't sing about. Yeah, that doesn't make. That's just bizarre to me. I think it also like journalists and reviewers tend to just be unimaginative dolts who really are trying too hard that's yeah i mean i think what's kind of always benefited me from playing music is that i don't really know how to play music and i just kind of (laughs) you know man uh, man man was my first band and i just did it out of school as something to do uh to not go crazy it was a hobby because my plan was after i finished school was i was going to move out here see that's funny you say like yeah i don't really know how to play music because your music to me seems maybe i don't know anything but it seems complex and there's like layered and it's not just like well you know i think in the beginning was like i would like i started out like anyone else playing guitar in high school and i was just a real shitty guitar player and then i kind of put the guitar away and when i was out of college my first year out of college i bought a uh, a rhodes electronic piano electric piano and uh i found it easier just to make noise on that and sing and so that's kind of how my songwriting developed out of that was th- and so I didn't know at the time, like, oh, shit, I, so I can sing and play this thing, and I had no idea, oh, this isn't, like, f- five, or this isn't this isn't seven, or some strange time signature. And I was lucky enough that uh, I would just constantly surround myself with badass musicians. <laughs> <laughs> but They're so- like, whoa, he's writing in a strange time signature. I'm like, I have no idea. I just think it sounds cool. That's interesting. You're just a natural natural genius. Oh, no, I'm just a mess. I just... <laughs> It's just, it's got lucky. But does it, when they, because you said, like, I accepted the fact that we're a cult band. Does that, is that something that kind of, I mean, is there something else that you would want to be or that you were striving to be? Because, like, it always seems like every band that I've known that is a bit, uh, 
I don't know. I'm going to label it avant-garde. That's fine. <laughs> but like, well, or just a different. Uh, they, everyone always seems to want to strive to write like a super duper pop song. Like, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, I've been trying since day one to write a pop song. Why is that such the goal of every musician? I mean, um, I mean even Tom Waits has had like very pop-oriented songs. I mean, I just want to write a song that it can af- can affect someone the way that songs that I grew up listening to affected me. So, but. I think I come from an advantage slash disadvantage is that I have huge gaps in my musical vocabulary. So yeah, you and have... it's like it's real irregular. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, my buddy Cyrus and I we covered a couple songs for this seven inch project. It's like a box set of seven inches, and we covered um, Danzig's "Blood and Tears." I'll have to give these to you, and we covered the nerves hanging on a telephone, which I'd never heard before. They're great. Well, I'd never heard that song, and I guess it was a huge hit with Blondie. Oh, I... I never heard the Blondie one. I don't think I know the Blondie one. I don't know Blondie yeah. too well. I don't either. See, and I think that's... I think that's odd. But there's... We a... should know Blondie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have gaps, too, then. I have huge gaps. But I feel like... I mean, you have so, uh, you have songs that have affected me emotionally. Like, I I'm, can't think of the song, but... Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a real uplifting one. <laughs> Self-ti- I like Self-titled, Yeah. <laughs> I like de- sad, depressing, but that song is like really beautiful. Yeah, my my friend, thank you. Uh, that song was about my parents' marriage devol- dissolving, and then I was noticing the same pattern in my relationship at the time, which then dissolved a year later. So it was kind of prophetic. That's unfortunately, yeah. So did you you referred to man man in the past tense that's not a past tense thing is it no it's not a past tense thing but it it does feel kind of strange because you know we just came off of a record cycle and we're just kind of taking a breather does that yeah i mean does that get and this is the first time we've taken a a little bit of a breather just because it's just been just doing it over and over again and i think just need to clear my head a little bit do you, but then you don't stop because you, are you still doing Mr. Heavenly as well? We're trying right now. Like Nick and I finally live in the same town and uh, we actually have some rehearsals this week. And so th- that's, uh, that's coming together. Is that, uh, I mean, that's got to be weird because it seems like if you're invested in something for so long, then to be step back, is that, I mean, yeah, is that kind of terrifying? Yeah, it's a very strange feeling. Because that's like been your life for almost. For better a- or worse, yeah, for a long time. You know, we've been touring nonstop for a decade, pretty much. That's got to... And it's it's really strange, because I'm, I'm very thankful for for us being able to play shows and people coming out. Um, but, you know, it's it's still it's still kind of a... It's a it's a hustle. Yeah, that was... The other thing, when your recent tour, you kept posting things, hate tweets that you guys were getting. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we did four shows uh, opening up for... Oh, brand new. I don't even know what the fuck that is. They're really nice guys. <laughs> very political, a politician of Yeah, no, they're, they're very sweet guys, and their audience... They they were really big in the early 2000s. They were, uh, I guess, the wave of extremely successful emo bands. And they've asked us in the past to tour with us, because I guess some of the guys like what we do. I think they're from the area near Philly. I think they're from Jersey. And, uh, you know, we obviously were like, no, this is strange. And then they finally asked us again, and we figured, yeah, why not? Let's see what the fuck happens. Were there 
Well, after the first show, and we we're just opening, so we're like, well, you know, worst case scenario, everyone hates us. Best case, we walk away with maybe ten new fans, and you know, people who like that kind of music tend to tend to be like gregarious when they like something. Was it? Was were they verbally? Dis- oh, it was awful. No, it was bad. Yeah, after after the first show, and the brand, like I have to say again, the brand new guys are really sweet and rad. The cool guys. Um. <laughs> Because Dave Alvin told a story of them opening for Queen, the Blasters opening for Queen, and just like for like months on end, just being people throwing shit at them and just saying like "fuck you." Well, I mean, the way we for thought, an hour. Well, it was like four shows, and there there were you know for the most part there were three thousand to five thousand capacity shows. So I guess they had not put out a record for a long time, and it was a big deal. And we were like, "Oh yeah, four shows. That should be that's a breeze." And after the first show. You know, and I've I've never, I, you know, of all the years of playing music, I've never really, I kind of take joy out of people hating us, <laughs> or I can, I can find joy in it. But after that first show, Chris, our drummer Chris, he and I, we just looked at each other and we're like, Oof. well, three more to go. And after the second show, I just, I'd never felt that lousy. I was like, fuck this. I mean, it was, it was literally, you go out there and these these kids, you're the last person they want to see, and then they see us setting our shit up on stage. Like and it's not two guitars, bass, and drums, and they're getting even more agitated. They don't understand what a changeover is. We're setting up all our own gear, and then even before we start playing, you just got kids standing there like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> you know, because we we years ago we had we toured with Modest Mouse a couple of times, and we we had reservations at first about that because we were like, "Oh, what if their fans are all just jocks?" You know, because the float on was like a massive song. yeah. And then we went out and played those shows, and they were amazing because they, you know, sure there were jocks, nothing against jocks, I guess, but we you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not talking about like the nice jocks. I'm like, but, uh, different. It's not like the Bill Cosby jocks. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just did a show in Atlanta, and we were playing like the frattiest place on earth. Yeah, and it was, and it's weird because when audiences don't like you, but you fucking hate them, and, and it's weird that I'm like, fuck, I can't get these people. But I hate all, like, I hate your kind of people. Yeah, and sometimes you can find joy in, like, hate fucking an audience, you know, and really making it miserable for them. So that's that's kind of what we had to tap into. And uh, it's it's still, even by that fourth show, I mean, it felt like a year had gone off our lives. It's hard. It's so weird because it's like, it's like, why do I want these people to like me so much when I fucking hate these, like, Freddy hat backward? Well, we were, we were just, you know, it was strange, too, because it's... I, we just we had never played for an audience that was that intolerant. It's it's you know we played like uh, skinhead rallies. We've played like neo Nazi no, or no, the we, other no, or we, the good. <laughs> well, because there's a good kind of skinhead. There's a good kind of skinhead. Yeah. No, no, but it, it was just strange. I mean, I know people have what they like, and they and it. You know, I'm, I respect people who strongly dislike things, and yeah. So that was a rough four days. That's uh, yeah. It's weird. It's weird that people are so. I don't know if I saw maybe I'm a weirdo, but if I saw somebody setting up something really strange and dip or different than I'm used to, I'd be like, "Well, this is going to be fucking interesting." Like I'd be like, "It's just weird how quickly people shut off in our well, world." I, yeah, let's, I think once you get to that size, you're playing that size of rooms. I mean, if it was, you know, if we were opening for like, I'm just trying to think of something the, a non emo band. I don't know. It's like when you get to an arena, most people don't want to see the opening bands. 
And it was kind of a similar thing. Yeah. I, were, for Modest Mouse, it must have been arenas, right? I mean, at that time, it was right when their last record came out. So that was like seven years ago. Yeah. And that was, uh, it was like 3,000. Yeah. I mean, they really still... Really big. Yeah, it was cool. They probably still have old fans that are cool. I mean, I still yeah, like Modest fan, Mouse. Their fans are cool. I mean, we, I feel like we're lucky that we, we as the band that we are, we have like a smaller scale version of what they're able to do on a bigger scale where we're lucky enough that we can tour, we put out a record, we go out, and there's new young kids there. It somehow gets to regenerate. For how long, I don't know, but <laughs> at least at least for the duration of my career thus far. Well, that's also... Like, and, and that's great. Yeah. That's like word of mouth. You know, in the beginning, I remember when I saw that first transition of I, the younger brothers and sisters of our original fans were coming out. And now it's just like kids who saw us on YouTube, but they were too young to come to shows. And that that's a really cool feeling. It, it is a different era of how to get known. Yeah. Like, I mean, because of stuff like that. It's weird, but it's also, it's weird to me that there's people who are... This guy I interviewed a couple weeks ago, Dorian Wood, is like also a very unique and different sort of. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. He's a local dude, uh, and he's like popular in Spain. He plays like small bars that nobody comes to here. It's like perplexing to me because yeah. he's like, but it's, but it's like a, he, I feel like with him, it's like this guy probably in ten years people will be like, oh, this guy's great. Like somebody will throw him in a movie or something weird. And this this was the in this this last year of touring we did, and it. It it sucked when you know when I when I kind of had this feeling we were playing this awesome venue down in Baton Rouge that we'd been playing for like ten years like and we'd never been able to like get out of that size and I was and I just it was the first time touring all this year that I was like fuck am I I guess I'm in one of those bands that maybe people will find out when it's too late <laughs> we're not in a band anymore it sucks it That's... sucks when you feel like you're in that kind of project yeah. I don't. I mean, but it's like I don't. I. I mean, and it's 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 strange. It's it's a really happy feeling. Yeah, I'm not trying to bring us down here. No, but yeah, but I feel about. I've never felt that. And then this year when we were touring, I was like, "Fuck," I'm like, "Yeah." It's no, I totally relate. I'm at a very strange (laughs) career crossroads right now. Oh no, that's. I mean, I am too. I'm in like this. You know, like I see, like every goddamn friend of mine's on a television show. <laughs> it's like, you know, and you're like, uh, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and it's and you have to you have to keep. I know you have to keep hustling and just keep chipping away, and hoping that some fluke thing will happen. But it's also, yeah. I mean, I always forget too. It's like I got in. The reason I started doing these things was because it was fun. Yeah, and I was trying to just do like express things, and then. Then like uh, the, this fucking bullshit town that I live in, you know, then they throw tricks into your brain about like, well, if you're not making this amount of money, it's, you're like, you know what I mean? It gets complicated. Then you just get head trippy about it. Or maybe, no, you know, no, I, I absolutely know what you mean. I but, mean. It's the first time I've been in L.A. now for a year and a half. And it's the first time that I've lived anywhere in almost seven years before that, just because we were just touring all the time. And, you know, years ago I got audited and it just... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That was the most That's surreal. That's my biggest fucking fear in life. It was so life. surreal because I was, I was being audited at the time I wasn't living anywhere and I had all my stuff in storage. And it was, it was, it was so surreal. Fuck. It was very Kafka-esque. That's like, I've had bed bugs, so that's that was one of my biggest fears. And now, oh, yeah. now auditing is, 
Auditing and prison rape are the two top things I don't want to have happen to me. Auditing can feel like prison rape. <laughs> it really can. Now, yeah, like, because you, you keep saying, like, oh, I had this girlfriend, and it's like, when you're on the road constantly, how does, that's like, seems impossible to. That was, that, that's kind of the strange thing about me, is that for, for a good part of the first half of the band, you know, just putting out records and stuff, I had a long-term girlfriend, and. And when you're touring a lot, it took a long time to settle into that mentality of getting used to touring. Um, and then it was you just kind of look forward to coming back to it, or I did at least. I can't speak for everyone. Like I think you know, I have a lot of. Let me try to articulate this. I think people get in music for different reasons. I've known guys who got in music just because they want to get laid, and that wasn't the reason why I got into music. <laughs> So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and yeah, it's I don't know. Like I but getting late is great, you know. A big fan of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the because like I'll go on the road, but I don't go on the road that extensively. The longest I did is I was going out for like I've gone out for three weeks, where I go out every weekend for like four months, and that drove me fucking crazy. But you were like out for like years almost. I, I love it. Like I would if I could surround myself. With dudes who'd won a tour 24-7, I would do it. I absolutely love it. I love it because you reach a breaking point, and it, it, it can really test your character. And then, you know. It seems adventurous. It does make you really weird, you know, especially <laughs> when you do it for so long. Like right now, trying to readjust into a non-touring life, is it's it's odd for me. Because when you're touring, you're like, you're, you're working. You're, you're, you're constantly moving. You're constantly adjusting. You're finding out your levels of tolerance. And uh, when you're not, you just have a lot of time to think about things. Did you... It's, like, hard because you're around... You probably don't get much alone time. Which yeah. I've been... And consequently, you know, it's why there's been so many people in this band with me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to take it personally, but obviously I have to. It's... How do you write, how do you write shit when you're that... You can't write stuff on tour. I mean, people do, you know. You have, like, your Ryan Adams who can hole up in a hotel or a motel for a weekend and then write three records. Unfortunately, it takes me, like, a year to write a song, which is the most... <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst way to work. <laughs> like, right now, right, right now, I'm trying to... I feel totally uninspired, completely empty. I'm, like, post-relationship and... You know, people are like, you should channel that. I'm like, fuck you. You know, it's like I've done that before and I don't want to go the well. And But I'm still, I have some friends who, when they go to their jobs all day, I go there and bang on a piano for like eight hours and it's it's frustrating. Yeah. But I mean. But I'm not, you know, I should be finding the cure for cancer instead of just <laughs> trying to write some song in a strange time signature that I don't know the name of. But, you know, songs can help cancer patients feel better. They can. I've had people come up to shows, actually. Really? I was playing a, we were playing a show in Georgia, this venue in, in Atlanta called the Unicorn, I think, was it the Drunk, Drunken Unicorn? That sounds right. Anyway, and we were playing the song called Van Helsing Boombox, and it's off our second record. It's a really sad song that I wrote in a very pleasant time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm playing the song, and th it's a strange thing with that song for years... And this sounds corny, but emo I would throw up during that song. Really? Or I just, yeah, I'd get sick just because, like, what that song meant to me when I wrote it. And it means, you know, what when I wrote it, 
is the opposite effect it has on people, I think, which is great. It's great when you can create something that means something for someone else. I feel like that's the ultimate win-win. You know, something personal, but, you you know, it can be personal for someone else. Yeah. That's great. To, I mean, But I... anyway, I was, yeah, sorry. I was playing the song, and uh, some someone came up behind and, like, squeezed me, like, gr- hugged me from behind while I'm playing the song, and then ran off the stage. And then afterwards, um, in the audience, he apologized for interrupting the song, but he said he had to tell me how he felt at that moment, how that song made him feel, because it helped him get over his friend dying of cancer. Wow, that's crazy. It's really intense. I mean, that's as a as a great, and, that, and that's a great feeling, you know. Yeah, like getting choked up thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's incredible, and that must. I mean, that must be a great affirmation as you as like an artist. That yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, I wish I wish I wasn't in my head so much that I can appreciate things like that more. Like, I mean, I do appreciate it, but it doesn't register as like, wow, I'm awesome, you know. <laughs> Usually I'm like, man, I'm such a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't know. Does that seem like sort of the nature of a creative person, though? It sucks. If yeah, if that you know because then I know you and I have extremely creative people who are successful, and there doesn't seem to be any doubt in their system, you know, <laughs> and they're just killing it all the time. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. But I, it's yeah, it's weird. But I'm then I'm like, is is are they just fronting? Because I feel like, I mean, or maybe they just create shit, but I'm kidding. But, like, it, it just seems like you, it seems part of the process of just, like, if you don't question everything you do, you kind of won't grow. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just, and yeah, I'm not I saying. Yeah, I mean, you sh- I mean, I, I think that if you're lucky, you should as, I guess, I really hate saying the word artist, but I'll say it. Like, <laughs> as As an artist... You hopefully want to reach a point where you hit your stride and then you're just kind of just going, you know, like a Nick Cave kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to keep churning out stuff. I'm going to write movies. I'm going to make. Yeah. It's his career fucking blows me away because it's just like and I'm just like, do you granted he was a massive junkie at one point, yeah. but it's like, well, what kind of heroin was he using? Like, give give me some of that shit. <laughs> I mean, being in Philly, especially there's there's tons of heroin in Philly. So I've seen a lot. I, I fucking hate her. I hate junkies. You know, they're so charming. They're so charming and lovable. No, but uh, and I know it's a disease. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Like I I don't think I've ever met any functioning junkies. At least ones that made I, great art. Yeah, I'm always perplexed. Like, like how did how do people put out albums when they're like when you're on when you're a fucking heroin addict? Like, yeah, all, all heroin addicts I knew just like napped all the time. Yeah. I'm always anyway. Anyway, but why do you hate the word artist? Oh, I just, I just, I, that's I, not... I just feels like pretentious to refer to yourself as an artist. Yeah, I don't refer to myself as one. I don't either. So, but see, I would refer to you, and see, and, and it's strange. I mean, I'll take it, but I, <laughs> I would never. If someone asked me what I did, I, I, you know, and it's funny. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. Uh, I hate telling people what I do. I hate telling people that I'm in a band because then immediately like, oh, he's in a band. And they look at me and they think they think they have me figure out as far what kind of music I play. Then when I tell them I play keyboard, you know, then they have that image of like, oh, he's one of those guys. Yeah, they people always think I'm in a band. Like when I bartend, which yeah. I love doing, that people always like you in a band. And I'm like, I don't know why 
people assume I'm in a band. Because you look cool, man. Hey. Yeah. I look like I would be in a bad, shitty band. I didn't even know you played <laughs> drums. Oh, that's right. You saw yeah, me I play saw you, Yeah. I was like, is that Dwyer? I'm multi-talented. Let's not yeah. bullshit. I'm a multi-talented artist. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I describe you to people. Oh, good. Yeah. So maybe I can play with you sometime. Yeah, sounds good. I, we'll start an... I'll tour with you. I'm sure my fiance would love that I just vanish for a year. I, she probably actually would be thrilled if I left for a year. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll make sure that I room with you. We can sleep five feet away from each other. Oh, see, I've toured with people. I don't mind. I we, wouldn't mind it. If we, I'd probably be I drinking mean, a lot. I mean, for the first, I don't know, at least three albums, you know, we, we, were, we slept on floors and did that hustle, and then we finally were able to transition. I think between the second and third album, we we I have five records. Just in case people don't know, <laughs> with Man Man, um, between the second and third record, we started to be able to afford one hotel room, motel room, and it, so someone would sleep. Someone would always sleep in the van, and then everyone else would climb into one motel room, and then we were able to get two, and then now we, now everyone gets their own bed. Would you Would you guys pull the stunt where it was like one guy checks in, and then you all sneak into the room? Yeah. That's what we do. You kind of have. I saw, and I, I saw, you know, in those early years, I saw a lot of weird shit in motel parking lots. Because I would sleep, you know, I would take van duty occasionally just because you have some alone time. Um, but you know, we tour in the summer and stuff. It'd be really hot, so I remember I used to sleep in the van, mostly almost naked. Just it'd be so <laughs> hot, and you can't leave the windows down because you don't know what weirdos are going to climb in. So you crack the windows. And I would bring like, and this is so stupid. I would bring like a, a werewolf mask on tour, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a baseball bat. I see the van too. I mean that. I mean my my logic was if anyone breaks in the van, they're the last thing they're going to expect to see is a naked dude in a werewolf mask with a baseball bat. <laughs> so maybe I'll have like the upper hand of scaring them away. But no, but I, you know, we we'd be in a motel parking lot. I I just I wake up in the middle of the night, I look out the window, and I would see someone. Going like window to window outside, trying to peep into the rooms. Oh, really? That kind of shit. That's yeah. awesome. It was. It was when I'd realize, you know, and it was even more awesome when I realized it was my reflection of me peering. It was me. Peering. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> what did you? You never had to got to utilize the werewolf mask thing to scare anybody off, did you? Oh that no, what, no, that's really a shame. But yeah, you go into some of those motels in like the fucking rural parts of America, and it's. I yeah, remember, don't 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 bring a black light. I st- oh. <laughs> yeah, I stayed one in Dayton that was just like I've never been. I've been to some slummy places in my life, and it was like I had a summer experience in Ohio. Yeah, Ohio's a shithole. You know, it's it's odd because I I really enjoy playing Ohio. When I tell people that, they think I'm fucking with them. But our Ohio show is always a lot of fun. I don't. I've only did. But I've had bad motel experiences there. That's what. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of bad hotel ex- motel. The, yeah, these 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 were motels. <laughs> we stayed in one. It was either in Dayton or it might, it might have been in Athens, Ohio. But we checked in, and w- in those days we would tour sleeping bags because sometimes the motels would just be so gnarly you would just like sleep on the sleeping bag on top of the mattress. That's what. I and so that's what we did for that that round of touring was the motels were so gross but you needed some place to stay and if you stay at people's houses all the time you have to deal with their cats they want to like smoke weed with you <laughs> till like four in the morning you're like dude i gotta play a show would you like stay at people you barely knew and th- oh yeah oh. we did that the entire first and second album you know and during those get... touring schedules yeah 
Yeah, did it ever get like, hey, fuck my wife and I watch? Like, that's kind of... <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, I mean, it never got that strange, I don't think. That's too bad. But then again, you know, we did... I remember our first national tour we did, when we got back from the tour, my entire first lineup quit the band. Really? Yeah. They're like, this, no way, not doing that again. It was only four weeks touring, but... Like, how, old, like I, how old was I? How yeah, but like, how old were they? Because like, if you're in your twenties, you shouldn't give a shit, and you should embrace all that stuff. See, I felt like I started late because I didn't. Man, man, I started man, man when I was like twenty-two. I started playing music when I was twenty-two. I felt like I was such. A, it was too late for me. That's why I thought it'd just be a one-record deal, and then I'd have that in my backstory, and then move to Hollywood and <laughs> get him. You also want to write movies, no? Because well, you want, had a baseball movie you wanted to write. Oh yeah, that's right. And then, uh, and then they made that Eastbound and Down, which is great. Oh, were you? Oh, was it? Gonna... It, was, it was like an asshole pitcher. You could just switch sports. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. Yeah, well, I'll, talk, I'll talk to you about that off the off the record. Are you a giant uh, sports fan? Yeah, baseball. Or are you sports in general? I'm a huge uh, NBA fan. Not baseball. I like baseball too. Oh, I thought. I mean, I, was... I played. I played as a kid. I sucked. I'm terrible at sports. Yeah. That's why I can never really be one of those guys who's like, he fucked up to play, because it's like, I can barely walk downstairs. I played soccer in high school for my for my small high school in Alabama. Are you? I didn't know you were from the South. I'm a military brat, so oh. we moved like every three years. So I was lucky enough <laughs> to have my last three years of high school be in rural Alabama. That was a trip. That's... Yeah, and I well, I mean, I I made the team, and I'd never played soccer before, but really? I yeah, I, but I was just the guy who didn't hesitate to hurt somebody. So I think that's why I made the team. You're pretty good at just starting something and being good at it. I was it like seems. the well, I was like the red card guy, you know. <laughs> I remember the first game I got in, the coach uh, pointed out, "Oh, you should go stop that guy. Don't let him score." So I was I wasn't even in the game for a minute, and that guy had a breakaway on goal. So I just straight up football tackled him. And got a red card. <laughs> <laughs> it was like some happy Gilmore shit. Uh, was it like as uh, was Alabama as Alabama as everybody thinks it is? Because you uh, just always think uh, it's just just I'm, lovely and I racist. mean, I'm sure it's changed. I mean, when I was in high school, they still had the Confederate flag on the state capitol, and they, I think, my senior year, they tried re uh, reinstituting chain gangs. So Jesus. I remember driving down the highway and seeing a chain gang. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> what is this? When we were just in Atlanta, and when I when I toured with Kekener, and he was just kind of like, is it me, or is it still kind of like tense here? And I was like, it felt... There's I, I that don't tension. know. It, yeah, it, it it depends. Like, I mean, I... Like, Birmingham, Alabama, is it's one of my favorite places to play shows. I never would have thought that. But I remember going to rock shows there when I was in high school, seeing like the Allman Brothers and stuff. I would love. I have not explored the South a lot. Like I've Florida far too much, but I would like to. Yeah, Florida's a weird one. Yeah, that, that's just that is. You live in like Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York, and then you go to one of those, and you like you forget that that shit is really out there and a lot. Like just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are the people that go win our wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw a bumper sticker in Florida that. Pretty much, I pretty much said like Obama's uh N word. Like it was just like what? Yeah, yeah. And like it's just like wow. Like 
Just at least keep it to yourself, buddy. Yeah, you can get that in parts of California, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. You go to Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to drive to... I mean, you leave any... Like, California... People always are, think how liberal California is. It's like, go to fucking Long Beach, man. Go to Orange County, and you'll... You'll see. Yeah, you'll see how liberal we are. And, and you know, and obviously being in a band of weirdos, you, you definitely get to see all that part of America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we would get stopped all the time just on how we looked. And so, fortunately, we never traveled with drugs, because if we did, we'd be totally fucked. Did you get your, like, the car tossed and all that stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, down in, um... And there's nothing... Down Texas, we got tossed once. They're big on that, because, uh... And they, ta- and they, they the you know, we're on the side of the road, and they're, like, grabbing people's dicks and stuff. What? Like, they, like, reach into your pants to check, and it's like, what is this? I mean, they didn't for me, which I was the only one they didn't, Did you so. feel hurt a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, they just didn't want to explore that side of me. That's, uh... But I remember, yeah, our, our van got tossed, and um, at the end of it, they, they pulled one of the guys aside and, like, do you know this person? And they had a picture, and it was a business card that our bass player at the time had taken from the art gallery that we had played the night before in Arizona. And it was a, it was a picture of an Arab man in the desert. It was a photograph. It was a photograph. It was a photographer's business card, but there was an Arab man... It was a photo of an Arab man in the desert. So he was just thinking, like, you, like what, you're hanging out with terrorists? Yeah, yeah. So that was like, now it's, if you look, it's a photographer's business card. You can call them. God, that's fucking. I mean, I remember the worst is when you're at the border coming in from Canada. And, you know, actually, one time going into Canada, the Canadian border guys were like, one guy said to me, you know, you, you kind of look like, uh, you kind of look like Freddie Mercury. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool, man. He's like, that wasn't a compliment. Like, well, Frank Murphy's a handsome guy. Yeah. I guess he was just a homophobe, the Border Patrol guy. I don't yeah, know. it's his subtle way of calling yeah. you a fag. Yeah, it's strange. That's, uh, I love cops, and I love authority, and they're always very respectful and, and great. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, it's like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, anyway. I was and, and, and it's a strange thing, because especially like border crossing stuff is sometimes they're really rad. You know, but all it takes is one one person <laughs> to be a real gem of a human being. We're going to get back to the conversation here in one moment, but I just want to take out this time to uh, make you aware of, if you go to my page at feralaudio.com, the Conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and if you click on the Amazon link, and if you use that anytime you purchase things like uh, groceries, um, medicine, shampoo, DVDs, Feral Audio and Conversations with Matt Dwyer gets a kickback of that money, and that can help us uh, keep our lights on and buy equipment. I currently desperately need a new recorder so I can do more extensive interviews with more than two people at a time. Uh, This would help me out greatly. You can also donate through that donate button on my pages as well. Um, So if you really want to buy me a new Zoom recorder, that would be awesome. Thank you very much for listening. Back to the conversation. When you would go on the road, like, was there, because you said, like, you really enjoy playing Birmingham and stuff. Did you get to see any of this? Cause, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of times it's, we're, if you're in and out, it's like, you know, it's, you see the hotel, you see the venue, and you're, that's about it. Uh, you know, it is. But after a while, when you were playing Birmingham for, like, the 12th time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and we're adventurous enough to try things, you know, go to restaurants or just check, you know, ask local people what to do. 
Yeah, do you ever, because I, my 20s. It's I, hard to squeeze that stuff in, though, when you're touring. Yeah, I think of all the shit I ate on tour. Even when I go out now, I st- I'm not. I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna be healthy, and I just end up like going like, oh, there's a great rib plate, and like I eat like I'm gonna die. Yeah, I do too. But that's like part of the excitement. Like when I was in Atlanta, I ate so much pork and fried shit that like I'm like, this is probably just knocked a good five years off of your life. Yeah, that's why you should never move to New Orleans. I know. I want to though. I'd like to spend a few months there. Yeah, you know when you're ready to when you're ready to check out, I'm going with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be two limbless diabetic stumps <laughs> with IVing daiquiris and eating fried po'boys. It's the fucking, but I, cause I've cooked some of that shit at home too. And it, like, I don't, you don't know. Yeah. When you're cooking, you're like, oh shit. Like, it's no always- idea this took two cups of sugar, <laughs> three sticks of butter. I didn't even take, what is this? It's a yeah. salad. And it's, it's kind of amazing people. I mean, they're kind of, they've, there's a lot of hefties in New Orleans, but it's like amazing that when you see like slender, attractive people, it's like, what are you, how? Yeah. Cause I yeah. know I'd be, I was there for 17 hours and I just, I drank from the time I woke up till through the show. <laughs> it's like, well, that's cause you're drunk. Well, yeah, that is. <laughs> and then you can walk around with yeah, it. It's like heaven. It. Yeah. It's like heaven with, it's it's like a Fellini heaven. <laughs> it is or hell. Well, you were just there, right? For were you there for? Yeah, we played a show. We played a show for Laguanitas. We played a couple shows they sponsored, which was pretty rad. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was cool. They throw a lot of Laguanitas backstage for you. Yeah, you know, they're they're cool. Drink Laguanitas. Where were you playing there? Uh, we played this place called the Republic, and we had played there years ago, and. I don't remember having fond memories of it, but then this time it was it was cool. It was a lot better than I remembered. I would, that's would New Orleans. It seems like because there's so much music there that maybe that would be a slightly intimidating venue or t- town to play, just because it seems like they're so. I don't. Know. It's I don't everywhere. Th- yeah, I don't think about it. I, if I start thinking about that kind of stuff, then I'll, I won't leave the house. Oh, that's why I don't leave the house much. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be. N- yeah, I don't know where I was going. Never mind. Oh, it would be. I don't. Know. You can edit that out. It's okay. Leave it in. What? Uh, it's real. What? What are the places like? Because you said you like you really love playing Birmingham. Is there like places like that that surprise you? That you were like, "Fuck, I can't believe this town is so great." That you people had maybe preconceived notice notions of. Dallas, which I think the first half a dozen times we played Dallas over the years, we were just like, "Fuck this! Why are we even playing this place?" You know, I remember the first time we played, there was someone set a car on fire down the street. Jesus. <laughs> or a car caught on fire. I don't know. Whatever. It should not. But yeah. And then maybe four years ago, it, something clicked in Dallas. I don't know if it was just a turnover of youth. If it was just like new cool kids. But playing Dallas, our shows are always kind of fun and bonkers. I never would have thought that. That's weird. And then some towns just never, for some reason, we just haven't really clicked all that well on them. I'm not sure why. What do you think of Chicago. Just because it's my hometown. You can say it sucks. No, we, we always had good shows. We recorded our third record there. Really? Yeah. Where'd you record half it? Half of it. Uh, this place is called The Shape Shop. Okay. It's by where the convention, the convention center was going up. All like right. The dark, like the Death Star being built. <laughs> <laughs> Just because Albini has those studios. He has a studio there. Yeah, there was, a, there was a loft space recording studio called The Shape Shop, and we recorded in a f- February. Oh, that's a great time. That to was to- a great time to record. <laughs> we... we uh, we got there in a blizzard. The elevator in the building was off, so we had to carry our gear up like six flights. 
and you know, no real heating. Fuck. And we all slept there in the warehouse. And uh, the next morning, our rental van, someone had stolen the spare tire. In a blizzard. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you earned that. Yeah. Burn that tire, you know? <laughs> but they had, yeah, they had broken it off the van. The, the, the van was buried in a snowdrift, and they had stolen our spare tire. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure a blue light caught it, but... <laughs> <laughs> the blue lights... I mean, we have those in Philly, too. What is a blue light? Oh, it's it's just like up on a light post, and it's just... This is a cop camera. Oh, You're really? being observed. That doesn't a... mean shit, though. You know, all it means is after you've been murdered, they can they can find you. But it's not going to stop your murder. Yeah, that's really I don't. I go. I I just want to go around the country and f- fuck in front of those blue cameras and then make a compilation video. You should, yeah. <laughs> that's my art project. What kind of art school did you go to? What did you? Is that a lame question? I feel like no, I, no, no. I mean, you I, like I, painting I, or no? I, uh. I went for writing, which is even stupider. <laughs> no, I, I went to uh, I went to the school in Philly called University of the Arts, and the only reason I went there was that I was planning to transfer to NYU after two years, and I got in, I got in, and my credits didn't transfer, so I'd have to start over at NYU again. And I was like, man, I don't want to be this in debt for undergrad. How did your credits not? You know, I I was lied to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. got lied to in my I, college I, I, too. I, I was lied to to go to this school in Philadelphia. Uh, telling you know they were saying, "Oh yeah, your credits were transferred, sure, sure." And I and I was young and I didn't check, so I just ended up staying. Why would you check? Yeah, I, I went to school for like uh, for playwriting and screenwriting and with like an under in film. You totally useless skills unless you go to, <laughs> let's go to like USC or something. What made you attract? Like what? Did, uh, playwriting. Oh, I think it was. I don't know. You just or do you, I was you know in in college I was just around actors all the time. But there's just, and there seemed like an immediacy to it where, you know, if if you can get a playmate and I got a couple of plays made in college, you know, like written by like a dumb twenty year old me, but <laughs> but it it was a fun energy and maybe that's what attracted me ultimately to playing music was that there's an immediacy to it. You know, if you're a painter. And I've I've had painter friends lament to me, you know, that the cool thing about playing music is that you get an immediate response from your audience, and you can you can feel the energy. When you're a painter, you just have an art opening. People look at your paintings, and that's it. I, that world. I mean, I would love to be able to paint, but that just seems like a fucking nightmare existence. Yeah, it seems even more depressing than being in a cult band <laughs> <laughs> or being a comedian. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's why comedians and musicians get along so well because you you just kind of got. You have shit jobs. Yeah. And it's And it's a strange hustle. It's, I mean, at the comedy world, it's, I've... Stand-up seems like the hardest, scariest, fucked-up job that I just... That, that would give me nightmares. I've had nights where, when I lived in the valley, just driving over the hill... That's fucking, what I said, yeah. Yeah, screaming at the top of my lungs and punching my steering wheel, because I fucking tanked at the improv. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah... I was gonna. I was. I was pretty much had quit stand up, and then Jonah asked me to do that fucking album. So yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I thought I was out of this. It's like uh, it's like a gang. You kind of just you you can't. I can't get out. Yeah, I, I wanna. I wanna find. I wanna find a way out. My dream is to get into a writer's room. Cause like that. That's that's the weird thing about me as a creative person is that. I have the most fun and I find the most joy when I'm collaborating with people. Like, I hate having to do stuff myself. 
I always, yeah, I always do shit by myself, and then I'll collaborate with somebody. I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I love collaborating. I just like being able to bounce ideas if you hit a wall. Yeah, I've worked with Jonah a little bit, like helped him with stuff, and it's always like, but yeah. there's certain people you can't. Sometimes you collaborate with people, and you're just like, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, and you know that's when you step away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, a, a little a give and take is good, though. I mean, it it can challenge you. I mean, I think the most important thing as a, you know for a creative person is you just have to go where the creative people are you have to be i think you have to be in that water otherwise you're just you're fucked do you feel that way about los angeles that it's a good place for if you have if you're around the right people i think it is yeah. you know you have to have, you have to find people that challenge you i always want i mean you've moved here like and you know people but i always like think of like and i knew like but to move here cold and be like, even if you're a great, when you music, move here cold, you just you end up living in Hollywood for some reason. <laughs> it's like so many people I've met that just moved here cold. They moved to like Hollywood or West Hollywood. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I oh, and a lot of people, Which, I know, you know, no no fault with those places, but I it's got, just weird. It's kind of weird. Hollywood's a weird place. Yeah, it's every time I go into Hollywood, I'm just like, wow, this is just like its own. There's a certain type of person that lives there, and it it's it's either like weird Russian people and. Yeah. Or just like people who are like, I'm into this kind of music that really doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, it's like weird old heavy metal dudes and still dressing like they're in hair bands. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I mean, I, f I feel lucky because I have a lot of friends who moved here when I was supposed to have moved here and they've just been chipping away. And, you know, like Jonah or someone, uh, you know, they, they put in their time. You know, and that that's kind of the weird thing about being in a band. It's like, yeah, you put in time doing something, but what does it really mean? You know, you're just in a band. And so now you're trying to transition to something else. Yeah. See, to me, being in a band is like, to me, that's, I, I don't know. I I think it's cool. I love it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I get intimidated by a lot of band guys because I'm like, oh, you're way cooler than I'll ever be. Well, see, now, you, well, you know I'm a, I'm a fucking mess. So. <laughs> Everybody I know is... Somewhat of a mess. And some people are just way better at hiding it. I think I'm, I think that's really what adulthood is. Is you it, just is you just learn how to to hide the fact that you feel like a kid who's pretending to be an adult. I or I you have kids and then you're forced to become the adult. Yeah, that's uh, or a shitty parent that ruins your kid. I was talking about that. Like I feel like I haven't really become an adult until recently, and I'm still like I mean I work at that bar a couple of days a week. Like, I don't really have an adult... Ex like, I pay my bills almost on time. That's about... <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's... I don't... It... Fuck, man. Like, that nine-to-five world of, like... I got... I'm like... I would hang myself. Like, I would have committed suicide years ago if I would have been like... Yeah. I went into accounting. I mean, I, I kind of... I, I yearn for a structure, a creative structure. I mean, I think that's why I try to... You know, even if it's not something that's generating money i like i want to keep busy just because i feel like i have to make use of my time yeah i have to justify my bullshit existence like if i'm not writing something almost every day i'm like wow you just do you beat yourself up are you like what the fuck am i i'm wasting time what am i doing oh i do all the time like yeah. there's days where i'm just like uh, you know and then you end up i'm like what did i just watch it like hours on youtube i'm like you fucking waste of yeah and then I, part of me tries to justify like it's, it's like, research or yeah, or it's like, well, that's part, you know, my mind's working while, I'm, like, I'm distracted, like, I'm subconsciously working on the idea, which is a horse, bunch of horseshit. I mean, I get the fear after every record. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very strange, it's almost like a, like, 
a snake shedding its skin or something. <laughs> I forget who that person was that was able to make that record. And I just, I look, I just think like, oh man, I got to write another record of material. I don't even know how to write songs. And that's kind of where I'm at again. Like, I don't even know how to, how do I write songs? What the hell do I sing about? Where do I even start? Yeah. And I, and, you know, and I wish I could be, and for years I've tried it, like, I should just be that person who you just write the music and then you just come up with the context or you go somewhere and you just write out your words and then you make music. And I, I can't do that. I'm sure I can, but I haven't been able to as of yet. Like you don't, you you couldn't be the guy who goes to a, like a cabin for a weekend and just like, I'm going to hide and. Yeah. I mean, I'll, that'll happen. And then I'll come out with like maybe half of a song, like a minute. I'm really good at writing a minute long songs. <laughs> so, I mean, consequently, uh, the Macy has albums filled with minute songs. Cyrus and I wrote a minute long song record. Um, he wanted to work on music when I got back from tour. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just burned out. Like I'm emotionally empty and I just, I, so we were joking about writing a 31 minute album. So we did 31 minute long songs. That's awesome. And they're really strangely, they, it turned into a kid's record. That's even more awesome. So we wrote this 31 minute kid's record. Fuck. I want to hear that. I'll play it for you. So we're having a, and this, this amazing artist, her name's Sue, Sue Kim. I met her back in the Mr. Heavenly days, and she was like this student in Toronto. Like I think she was went to school for animation or something. Uh, she had moved out here a year and a half ago, and it, she works for like Adventure Time now. It's pretty insane. That's awesome. Yeah, but she's gonna she's collaborating with us to make a book. So it'll be this like this little package. That's a really awesome. Cyrus is a unique. Cyrus is a brilliant motherfucker. Yeah, I it took me a bit. Like I would see him do stuff with Brett Gelman. Yeah. And then uh, the thing he did, I, and then I just kept seeing little things he would do, and I was just like, really, I don't know, like his that fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers thing he and John oh, Daly yeah, did yeah. was like so fucking brilliant because it was like it could be a, it, it's like silly enough to, it's like you know, it's no, but yeah, it is yeah. almost a Red Hot Chili, like, it, but they're so fucking absurd. Oh, Daly, man, Daly's a, he's a beast. No, yeah, but the uh, the. The, the kids record, you know, when we were, we just, we got halfway through and like, oh man, this is, what are we doing? And, but it was good because we had a goal, you know, and when we finished it, we're playing it for people. They just can't believe that, you know, Cyrus is like a metal dude and I'm, you know, and I'm me with my weird band. <laughs> people just never would imagine that we'd write a, a fucking kids record. What were like some of the, were there themes or is it like, is there a s- story involved or is it yeah, just. Yeah, there's a story. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. We're trying. To, we're trying to put it together. That's really. That's really cool. It's not. By by no means is it educational. <laughs> we wanted to make something that uh, that it, parents would not want to blow their brains out over having to hear in the car. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because everybody I know who's a parent, I just like they complain about the shit they have to listen to. Yeah, and we definitely wanted to. We took. You know, we took that into mind into consideration, and then all the songs are minute long. I hope you have so to. So if you t- hate a song, no one, you know, it's over, <laughs> it's over before you know it. I hope you guys have to tour it and wear costumes and play for kids. Oh, that's our that's our nightmare. We were we were talking about that, like, because the band's called Booger Bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, oh man, watch this be what we're known for. <laughs> we dress up like fucking boogers and dance to backing tracks. <laughs> 
it's like Jim Varney. Like that guy was like a classically trained Shakespearean actor, and then he just got stuck stuck in Hey Vern. Yeah, I think. And God he, bless that guy. Yeah, and he drank himself to fucking death. Yeah, just like, all that toys, Toy Story money. Yeah, I mean, he drank well. Yeah, I'm always like that. That's like he wasn't drinking plastic bottles. <laughs> Booze. I don't know. He's from the south. He might have been kept keeping it real. Yeah. But I always think I'm amazed because there's part of you that's like, like I don't know, like you say you're the Verizon guy or whatever, and and it's like, my friend was like, he'll never work again, and I was like, yeah, and he'll never have to work again. So it's yeah. like, it's not totally like I'm like, oh poor guy, he's never gonna be in a movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like yeah, you have a condo in New York, go fuck yourself. Like, but then you probably hate yourself. Yeah, you know, and I, I was wondering, you know, it's it's strange because you you don't really have too much control over what you're defined as. You, it, something <laughs> just happens, and then you're like, "Fuck, I'm the diarrhea commercial guy." <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's a. And then, especially out here, the people typecast you. Oh yeah, I I always just play. I always played because I don't really audition for stuff anymore. But like, just kind of dumpy office guy. <laughs> You think if you just changed the kind of glasses you wore? I changed my glasses uh, before I got these, and uh, I, I didn't book anything ever again. It was really weird. That's strange. I went. I had like kind of just like generic like glasses like I have now, and then I got like kind of fifties, kind of horn rim, but not black. Like just kind of, and I just it killed me. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing commercials, so it's not this. What kind of what commercials have you done? I don't want to brag, but you know, I did. Uh, I had a Subway one that ran for about three years. Awesome, man! I did a uh, health club where I was. That's I was like the before. <laughs> like this woman came and yelled at me for being like out of shape, and I was like, "Wow, I really." <laughs> I I that does a sh- that, that, I then joined a health club. That's good for your confidence. <laughs> yeah, I was always playing. Uh, I was in a Bud Light. Was it a Bud Light ad that was really popular, but it was only on YouTube, like Swear Jar? And then I did, I did one of those Apple Mac PC commercials. Were you it, one of the Dancing Shadows? I, <laughs> like, mine never made it to air. Okay. Those they shoot, they shot like seventeen of them in like a weekend. Like it was like this, you mean like the Justin Long? Uh, yeah. Which was funny because those those didn't work out the way they wanted to to because people didn't like Justin Long. I think people, more people like the PC. Yeah, he's a he, Hodgman. It was funny because it, it just it didn't work the way they intended. Like they thought that the Apple guy was annoying. He kind of was, and like it seemed like on set. And he seems like he's probably a nice guy in real life. I've heard he's a very nice guy, but I, I it seemed like Hodgman was kind of annoyed by him or something. He like well, Hodgman was more likable in the commercials, and it sucked because it was his PC. Yeah, no, he's kind of well. Justin Long still works. Why am I worried about Justin <laughs> yeah. Long's fucking life? <laughs> uh oh wow we're we're at the we're at the end there. Well, that's our cutoff. We're done. We're at an hour. Oh whatever. I mean, I can keep going. I know. I know you can too. That's too much to edit. I don't edit. Oh good, perfect. Unless you somebody asks me like, oh I shouldn't have said. I've had people say like, oh I shouldn't have said. Uh, yeah, oh. I don't know. I hope I haven't been pissing and moaning too much because I, you know, I, I feel really lucky for what I get to do. You weren't. I think that's. Uh, you c- but I, you know, if anything, is to dispel the notion that I don't even know. Whatever. I don't think you're a cult band. That's the thing. It's like I've always like marveled. I've had and like you, I have you guys on my uh, playlist at the at the bar. I, I, work I at. think I only feel that because whenever I 
have to tell people well whenever i tell people what i do or they find out i'm in a band and i tell them it's just there's nothing on their face it doesn't register and i you know and that's normal there's millions of people in the world <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a, that's a thing that, that when, millions when people billions. just when people like uh it's the worst when people are like oh i, I saw you do stand up once and you wait cuz you're expecting like and yeah, it was yeah. great and sometimes they just sit there and you're like fuck what night did they s-? like it becomes a, like a hell yeah the worst is like when people are like oh you're still doing that <laughs> which <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe it's because i have preconceived notions of when i meet people who are in bands my brain just shuts off immediately unless i've like heard of the band yeah i guess i mean because I mean the, the the fun thing is like and it's why I don't usually engage with people on flights, but when they when I when they when I break down and we talk and they find out what I do, they're like, "Oh, do you have a demo?" Like, yeah. <laughs> five five of them, in fact. I, I just know none of the reference points I can make as far as what we sound like uh, will ever connect. So I just tell people we sound like Elton John. <laughs> it's like we sound like Elton John in a trunk of a car. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's the word. I, anytime people ask me why I moved to L.A., I'm just like, uh, the weather, because I don't want to fucking go into it. And then it's like, you know, they're like, oh, where are you playing? Where Can I see you on? Have you been on TV? And it's like, yeah, sort of. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't have a sh- series. Yeah. I think it, I, the weird thing, too, I encounter is, and this happened uh, a couple weeks ago where I was at a Thanksgiving party and someone had a plus one to a show that I wanted to go to but not pay money for. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And then they blew me off like an hour before the show to bring someone else. And then a week later, they got in touch with me because they found out that I was in a band that he liked. Uh, he was like, and he wanted me to like be on a podcast with him or something. I was like, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> what a dick. I want, I want to know who that is afterwards. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Where can uh, people find the, your works? You uh, well, we're playing some New Year's shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we're doing New Year's in Philly, and we have a couple shows before that in D.C., and then uh, the second and third in New York. We're opening for Gogol Bordello. That's awesome. Where are you playing in New York? I think Terminal 5. I don't know that place. I'm That's like, a big, big room. I've th- actually, I think I have heard of that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having Everybody's guessing is why
Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. Please donate if you can. Please um, use the Amazon link. We need your support. You're special. Follow me on Twitter. Goodbye. Feral Audio. the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.